0: Do you want to hear a story? I mean, yeah, obviously, of course you do. But do you want to hear a magical, mystical story of a young Mayan girl, a band of villainous loggers, and the ghost of a 500-year-old conquistador? Let me answer that question for you, because the answer is yes. We're playing the Mayan Crystal right here on Radio Drama Revival. Hey folks, welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the podcast that showcases the diversity and vitality of modern audio fiction. I'm your host, David Reinstrom. Our old host, our executive producer, Fred Greenhalch, has been out in the world having adventures and recording things and working with the fine folks at Gen Z Media. You may recall my conversation with Chris Terry, one of the people behind Gen Z Media and the unexplainable disappearance of Mars Patel back in episode 456. So, Fred's joined forces with them to make this new children's show, The Mayan Crystal. It's a tale of adventure, sisterhood, anti-colonialism, and magic, all taking place in modern-day Belize. Later, you'll hear my conversation with Fred about the mythic origins of this story, the need to expand representation in media, and the way in which I have redecorated our pretend RDR headquarters. Here, now, is episode one of The Mayan Crystal,
1: The Crystal Keeper. Do you want to hear a story? It's a story as old as the jungle itself. A story about our village, Little Parrot, and our country, Belize. This is a tale of our ancestors, the ancient Maya who knew math and science so well. They built great stone pyramids and tracked the movements of the planets. Many years ago, Our ancestors had miraculous powers, the ability to change into animals, and even to talk to the
2: gods. (laughs) But an
1: evil man named Spectre tried to harness that power for himself.
3: Soon, I will be as powerful and everlasting as a god.
1: Spectre's rise could only be stopped by one person, a girl from this very village. Her name was Yakstun, and she came from a long line of women called Crystal Keepers. Once I place the crystal in this altar, your reign of terror will be over. Step away from the altar, or you'll feel the point of my sword. This was no ordinary crystal Yakstun held. You see, this crystal could summon the mighty god Kolkolkan, a great eagle. With the help of Kokolkan, the Crystal Keeper banished Spectre to the Underworld, never to be heard from again.
3: Wait. Stop. What's... what's happening to me?
1: No! But when Spectre was swallowed by the Underworld, the magic of the world was swallowed up with him. The stories say that one day, the world will again be threatened by a great evil. And once again, the fate of our people will rest in the hands of a girl. A girl who does not yet know how powerful she will become.
4: dream, wake up. Huh? Kukulkan, I hope he was trying to wake you up, whoever he is. Crystal. Crystal? What kind of dream were you having? There was an ancient city. and There was this girl, Yash-Tun. She called down the eagle god Kukulkan to stop an evil man. I dream about living in a house with a swimming pool. You dream about bird gods. Even when you sleep, you're obsessed with the old stories. It's going to be my job one day. Being the crystal keeper is not a real job. It's not even an actual magic crystal. It's just some ceremonial rock. How do you know? The girl in my dream used the crystal to save the Maya people. Maybe someone will need to use it again. Maybe you can summon the god of housekeeping to come and clean our hut. Now that would be useful. Okay, okay. (sighs) I'll go feed the chickens. Tie up your hammock first. I need to sleep. Yes, Aida. And hurry up, it's festival day. Can't be late to hear the silly elders do their dance about the ancient city and all that. They tell it to teach us a lesson. Yeah, well, we have real problems. Those bulldozers and chainsaws get closer to our village every day. Maybe that's why I had that dream. Someone trying to warn me about the danger. Maybe you shouldn't eat hot peppers before bed. Here you go, little ones. What's the matter, silly gainas? Why aren't you eating? I know. No one understands me either. How do these rugs get so fluffy? Listen, Zaida. Do the chickens seem worried to you? They're chickens. Maybe they're worried that the people doing all the chainsawing are going to force us to leave the village. It wouldn't be so terrible if we had to move from the little parrot. In the city, we could sleep in real beds and have a flat-screen television and watch novelas. This is our home. It was Mama's home. Our people have lived here for thousands of years. Our people? I've only lived here 13 years, and it's enough. Time for a change. Change. Papa!
3: Why would we want to change? So we can walk around staring at screens all day like your cousins in the city.
4: What's wrong with that, Papa?
3: Zaida. If you need me to answer that question, then I have failed as a father and as the village alcalde.
4: Those men are cutting down so many trees every day. Even the chickens Chickens. are upset. Aurela's finally going crazy, Papa.
3: I'm going to have a talk with their boss, Claude, again. I am losing hope of a compromise. They are greedy men.
4: I had a dream, Papa. I think it's time that I start taking care of the crystal. (sighs) I'm going inside to start breakfast. Zaida doesn't understand. In the old days... The gods protected the Maya people, right? When the village was in danger, the crystal keeper It is a would... different
3: time, Aurela. In our world, we must solve our own problems.
4: But, Papa, in my dream, the crystal glowed like the sun.
3: The crystal only glows in dreams and story time. Get moving, Aurela. And Helena, the storyteller, needs your help at the festival.
4: Look at her there, all high and mighty. Angelina, the teller of stories. I love her stories. I still remember when Mama told stories. She was the best. You ever wonder? Maybe if Angelina had tried something different, you know, got another plant, called upon the right god, that things might have been different for Mama. Things might have been different if they had gone to a hospital, Aurela. They didn't. They thought that magical herbs could save Mama but they couldn't.
1: Hello, my darlings.
4: Hi, Angelina. Hey.
1: I see Papa Miguel has sent you girls to help me with a craft stable. Thank you so much.
4: It's Auntie Natalie in the city. I hope she bought me those new jeans I asked for. Hey, Auntie. Oh, yes, just another day in boring
1: parrot. Aurela, your sister believes she's too big for little parrot.
4: She doesn't mean it. She's just, ugh. How many trees can they cut down in one day? The village is supposed to be a safe place.
1: We've faced many threats from the outside over the years. We will get through this one too.
4: Our people used to summon the gods to help them. Do you think it could still work?
1: Ay, Aurela.
4: But you believe the stories are real, don't
1: you? Of course I do. And your mother believed them with all her heart.
4: How did the ancient Maya get help from the gods?
1: With the crystal, of course.
4: Yeah, but we have the crystal, and it doesn't do anything.
1: Nobody understands its great power, but the stories say that in the right hands it could summon the gods themselves.
4: Zaida says it's just an old rock.
1: What do you think?
4: I think it's not right that Papa keeps it hidden away. It belongs to the crystal keeper.
1: Which you're not. Not yet, at least, little Aurela.
4: But my mother was, and her mother before that. It's my turn now.
1: Yes, you come from a long line of crystal keepers, Aurela. But your mother was 13 when she got the honor, and you're only 11. A few more years yet, my dear.
4: Did she ever use it?
1: The last time the crystal was used was many centuries ago, when the Conquistador General Mendoza and his men conquered the ancient city of Guelabalam. Mendoza? Was he
4: also called Spectre? Yes. I had a dream about a Conquistador last night. A dream? I saw the crystal keeper, Yash Tun. She wasn't much older than me, and she called down Kukulkan, the eagle god, to stop Spectre.
1: Yes, it's said that ever since that day, that the crystal has been lifeless, nothing but a dull rock. So why do we keep carrying it around? Why do we still have crystal keepers? Because someday the crystal will awaken again. Its power will raise the ancient gods so that they can save the Maya people once again.
4: Like now, the crystal can stop the loggers!
1: Aurela, listen to me closely. The crystal keeper is responsible for great power. That power is not for children. It can help the Maya, but it's also very dangerous. We're in danger now,
4: if we wait. Come now, friends and family.
3: Let the festival begin. Soon Angelina will recite the story and we will honor the ancestors by telling the story of the Great Crystal.
4: Attention, out of the way, please clear the streets. What are they doing? Why are the men in trucks coming into the town? Papa, come back!
3: Why have you come here today? What are you doing, Chief? I told you, I am not a chief. I am Miguel Canul, the elected alcalde of this village. Either way, it's not safe to stand in front of our trucks. This is a sacred festival day in our village. You and your men are not welcome here. Look, Chief... Alcalde. We have the authority to harvest the rainforest around this village and your people keep getting in the way. The rainforest does not belong to a company. It is for everyone. The law says if you people keep interfering with our operation, I can remove you from your village. Let's hope it doesn't come to that. Citizens of Little Parrot, this is your last warning. Stay out of the jungle. Enjoy your little festival.
4: Papa, are they going to destroy the jungle?
3: It's okay, little one. We'll figure this out.
4: Hello, Papa. Is anyone here? You think I don't know you keep the crystal in a suitcase under your bed? Ah, here it is. It looks just as it did in my dream. Except, it's dull, like a dead fish. <gasps> the crystal! It's glowing! I knew it! What are you doing, Aurela? Zaida! Why are you in Papa's room? What's that you're holding? Nothing. The crystal! Please, Zaida! I know you think my dream was meaningless and the stories are silly, but look, the crystal is... Is what? It was glowing. Papa's going to be so angry with you. Please don't tell him you saw me. Why not? I need it. Let me take it, I'll be safe, I promise. You promise? I know all about your promises. Remember that time you borrowed the speaker from Auntie Nada's house so you could play dance music from your phone when Papa's out? You swore you wouldn't say anything. And why is this place so backward that I can't use Bluetooth? Papa's coming.
3: I'll get the crystal. The ceremony must go on as planned.
4: I don't know what you think you're doing, but I won't say anything. Go. You're the best. Yes, of course I am. In the dream? Yashtun was using the crystal at the temple. There's no temple anymore. Maybe it's enough just to be here in the jungle?
3: You have this saber tree.
4: (gasps) Who said that? Oh my gosh, a jaguar! Don't eat me!
3: Your people used to think that this tree was holy. Is that why you can hear me?
4: You're talking.
3: Look at your hand.
4: The crystal, it's glowing.
3: Yes. You are the crystal keeper, are you not?
4: And you're a talking jaguar!
3: Only you have the power to summon protection from those evil men that are destroying our rainforest and your village.
4: But how? What do I say?
3: Search your heart, Arela. The crystal is waiting for you to unleash its power.
4: It's glowing brighter!
3: Good. Good. You are connected to the ancestors. Now call on
4: them. Like yash did in my dream. Uh, yes. Okay. Here we go. Um, great spirits, we call on you. By the power of the gods and the ancestors, hear our pleas. The village is in real trouble. Kukulkin, I know you saved us before. A long time ago. You couldn't save my mom, but please send help. Your people need you! It didn't work. Jaguar? Jaguar? Where did you- Saida was right. I am going crazy. They're just silly stories. Huh? What's that noise? Where are all the animals going?
3: Zaita, where's Arela? Nowhere. Nowhere means trouble. Adela! Adela!
4: I'm sure she'll be back soon.
3: Was someone in my room?
4: No, I... The crystal!
3: Zaita, where is the crystal?
4: What was that?
3: I don't know. Follow me.
1: Papa, where did the sun go? An eclipse? It can't be. Helena. The stories speak of this. The sun disappears blocked by something powerful heading towards our world. What is that? In the sky, it looks like a ball of fire. Something very old. Everyone, get to shelter.
4: Arena, where are you? What is that ball of fire? The crystal worked! Kokolkin is here to help!
1: What? Who is that? I am finally free! Released from the crystal that has held me captive! Spectre has returned! I shall never be imprisoned again! (laughs) Oh no!
4: What have I done?
0: If you want to hear more of the Mayan Crystal, find out more by visiting bestrobotever.com to subscribe and find even more fantastic kids programming. And now let's hop over to my conversation with Fred. Fred, welcome back to
2: Radio Drama Revival, your old digs. So you have changed a few things around in here, but mostly tidied it up. Very impressed with what you did with the, uh, the furniture. This is a much more dapper couch than what was here in my day. You know, it was a good couch, but then there was just sort of this
0: loose spring that would poke me in the ass if I sat on it funny. So that was a tough day getting rid of that couch.
2: Yeah, luckily it was just a sound effect, though. It's those non-sound effect couches that are really hard to get rid of.
0: <laughs> so, Fred...
2: You were in Belize only a few months ago. I was. I was. It is now uh, the beginning of March when we're uh, chatting, and I was there just maybe three weeks ago. Uh, yeah, while we we're on the the sort of last uh, sprint, finishing up this show, I uh, boogied off to the uh, Central America. What, what were you doing out there? Well, so. Uh, I, I'll try to give the the shortish notes there so I mean basically what we were doing is we were being immersed in a Mayan village and living like the Mayans do making tortillas every day grinding corn venturing out in the jungle and eating armadillos my two young daughters came along with me and one of them basically I mean was was could have moved in with the family that we were visiting there and like even went to school uh, one day and, and the other one would just get, you know, grabbed by, you know, a random extended member of the family and, and, and wander off and be shown off around the village. And then we got to hang out in the hammocks and just read books. That was, that was a nice part.
0: I guess my question is where, where did the Mayan crystal idea start for you? Like how did you decide to tell this
2: story? Many rivers flow into this one. So in general, as an artist, I do love me some folklore and legend. And it, it it strikes you at some point, even if you're a white guy, eventually, you know, enough things have happened that you start to like realize that representation is a thing and an issue and something that you need to examine your own work and your own biases and et cetera, about. And as a lover of science fiction and fantasy I think it's okay to say, like, we may have had enough d- dwarves and, and elves and, and dragons. We may have hit sort of peak, uh, you know, Nordic-slash-Tolkien-inspired uh, mythos, and maybe <laughs> it would, uh, you know, in, in, enrich all of us as a as a species to sort of look beyond that particular spellbook for, for other mythologies we can tap. So one part is this, I as a lover of stories, I'm always looking for stories wherever I go. Second part is that I end up in Belize said sort of randomly so our dear friends Monique and Matthew Boudreau who are creators as well as contributors to Radio Drum Revival Monique has this sort of Mesoamerican background is what she went to college for uh, I think in Buffalo and um, I don't know it was that it was at an audio drama meetup at Steve Schneider's house um, we had decided they, we want to go to Belize on a trip um, when I started talking about Belize Uh, Monique Boudreau said oh well I have this friend who's working on an eco village Uh, you should go stay with him and I told my wife, oh, we have this, you know, Monique knows this person's eco-village, and he's like, I don't know, eco-village? Like, who, you know, that sounds like for rich people. We don't have any money to go to eco-village, but we uh, contacted the guy, and, you know, and said, well, just let me talk to him. And he said, oh, yeah, no, you know, what? the eco-village isn't quite built yet, but you can stay in my house when you're in Belize. And I'm like, okay, house, that sounds promising. You can borrow my car. I'm like, this is this is great. We're gonna get a, you know, a house and a car to, to use while we're in Belize. This is great, you know, vacation, you know, check mark. Well, you know it comes to pass as we get down there that um you know c- kind of a little bit extra communication about what exactly uh, constitutes the word house uh would, would have been helpful because in actuality uh it's it's legitimately a you know traditional Mayan thatched hut with a bare floor uh sort of no kitchen facility bedding uh not really a shower kind of that whole scene and so You know had about you know a good 20 30 minutes of like oh we have flown all the way to belize and traveled you know a day's journey into the jungle and now we can't eat and we're gonna have a really bad time here um and then this 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 local family sort of like kind of came up and approached us and sort of saw that we were somewhat helpless and and um we sort of started communicating what was going on and they and they're like oh well you can come eat with us and um sort of the rest became history. So by the end of that trip, uh we had had so many adventures with this family and had uh, been really immersed um just being basically in what their life is like on a on a daily basis and you know going out to the jungle like we like hey, the spider monkeys are at, at my papa's farm. You want to go see some spider monkeys? Like okay, sounds cool. Uh, you know, I don't know any many, many pro, you know listeners of the show are sort of uh, parents as well, but so our, you know, our kids, you know, we live a somewhat unconventional lifestyle for Americans. We live in the woods of Maine. Um, we s- struggle to fit in in a very technology centric society. And it, ironically, as even as a you know a podcaster who sort of has a technology job, we are not as immersed in technology as like our kids are of their generation. And and you know, just going interacting with normal American kids is actually kind of challenging for us. Uh, For them. For for us, it is, too, just because we're like, oh, my God, what's going to happen to these poor children when they learn how to use iPad? (laughs) (laughs) Then when they get to Belize, this is the thing, is then they just, I don't know, they just instantly connect and so you usually my daughter who would would, you know surrounded with a crowd of kids like if it was you stuck her in an american schoolyard would just like kind of cry and hide in the corner just immediately is like off spinning around in circles picking flowers uh hops on her bicycle and and goes on adventures with them and really i think really really pushed her her the envelope for her as a as a as a being Being there, and that was what was the most remarkable part. I mean, there's you know, we had fun too, but that was uh, you know, seeing her sort of growth really was what uh, my wife and I both came back really impressed by, and that's why we ultimately went again. So, we went our first time in 2017 and went again in 2018. So, to connect the dots finally to why we do the Maya Crystal, so while I was there, we had a particular Hike where a guide, uh, who's a local Maya guy, took us, you know, into the jungle and up this rather steep incline. Because, so the, the big attraction in Red Bank is the, the arrival of the scarlet macaws, who are this, you know, absolutely striking parrot. They're, they're, they're not beautiful sounding, they rah, rah. Ah! <laughs> they're very beautiful to see and they congregate in huge numbers um, in this village and they have a trail that you can take where they have a really great vista where you can see them sort of nesting you're up at, like you know, midway up a mountain you can see them below you you know the green jungle and this like d- dotted red um, macaws as far as i can see so we're on this trail and, and and we get up there we get this sight, and we're taking all these pictures and you all these beautiful macaws and having a great time and at some point it strikes me that there's this really sort of odd mountain so the the landscape is is you know it's it's you're at the you're at the era peak and you see the valley sort of go down then slope up and sort of level off, but in the distance it sort of sharply uh rises up and and sort of like continues on and then it sort of drops down sharply again I'm like that's a kind of a weird looking mountain. What mountain is that and the And the guide you know quite casually says, well, that's you know probably an ancient Mayan ruin that's been you know re- recovered by the jungle go
0: sure like you do
2: <laughs> you, oh yeah obviously obviously like and then and then it's just you know the writer part of my brain turns on it's like well what would happen this had, had it in my head like what if like a meteor fireball flew down and like burnt up that that ridge and then the the ancient city sort of rose back up so i had kind of that image in my head and then getting to these ideas so it originally i thought this was going to be um the cleansed Season four, because my idea was similarly to how the fantasy genre could could explore other other cultural traditions for some source monsters and and demons and gods and and angels and whatnot. The post apocalyptic genre, I, I it occurred to me always it's like always painted as a bad thing, right? That society collapses. Uh, and it's always from the perspective of the civilized society where things sort of, sort of fall apart. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be interesting if you're in an area that like didn't notice or was was given room to grow now that this like overwhelming presence of, you know, Western hegemony had collapsed. So that was originally sort of what I was thinking is that the, the it would sort of be more like a... American Gods style show wherein um, and and, and, and sort of by the time you know season three The Cleansed introduces uh, it sort of crosses the bridge from being a sort of science fiction post-apocalyptic show into introducing some fantastic elements like once that's been introduced I kind of said, well, we should just keep doing this her to have a science fiction show that has magic in it. That's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. So the, this idea was that it would be sort of the cleansed the feel. It would occur in the cleansed world. But this sort of core elements, there'd be a girl going on a journey, um, ancient, ancient gods was in there. But then basically that idea pivoted from a cleansed idea to a kid's show after a bunch of sort of late night conversations Maybe with a glass of wine imbibed with uh, Chris Terry, uh, um, who, you know, who's known, among many other things, for uh, being one of the creators of Maris Patel, that amazing series. We featured him on this very podcast. He is is a fascinating guy. Very multi-talented musician, short story writer, writer writer of of other things and uh, creator of all these wonderful podcast things and we you know we we uh, just sort of hit it off and we had all these conversations about how you make shows and what makes shows great and what movies we like and that sort of thing and uh, we wanted to do project together and ultimately I when sort of Gen Z started formulating I sent this idea of what was the, the first sort of paragraph of what the, was going to be the Mayan crystal and they they liked it and then we started making it awesome
0: let's let's go back to the thing that we put aside uh, at the beginning when you were describing the genesis the project what and I want to ask this as like non-judgmentally as possible, because you know I love you. What does give you the right to tell this story?
2: Yeah, it is. Is a little bold, um, as as a white male American who's traveled somewhere for a couple of weeks to say, "Well, now I I can you know totally go back and and explain your culture." So so yeah. So so two so this, this look. <sighs> handful of things that make me feel like that I can sleep at night <laughs> having done this. So, uh, you know, one, having the having the heart feel in the right place. This is a story that really celebrates something beautiful that I was had the honor of witnessing. I, you know, and that doesn't excuse me from everything, but it, it starts from a, a place of right intentions. And then you go to the details are actually important. We had not just Monique assigned on the project as a an American with a Mesoamerican studies background, but we also had another uh, consultant on the project, Kimberly Vasquez, who w- worked for the Belizean Culture Bureau. And it was actually quite lucky because she, Kimberly, turned out to have written some radio dramas of her own and had w- written the first um, Belizean-produced uh, soap opera um, that had been fully recorded and produced in Belize. You know, not everything is going to be perfect, but we wanted to not make really obvious mistakes, even on things like, um, you know, how family life might be structured, or or you know, what what are some of the you know, the details of of um, that are shown in the story to be you know, you know, if not exact exactly capital T true, you know, in in the truish. Like one of the uh, the only sort of like factual errors that our consultant uh, Kim pulled pull, pull aside was that like um like an iPhone would not actually be something that a Mayan girl would have like that they all would have like a an Android device would be much more common Apple devices are you know too expensive and you wouldn't really ever give one to a kid but like for the sake of the American audience like it's, it's just an iPhone okay it's just an iPhone you know so there's you know things like that but on on the on the the heart of the piece and the spirit of the piece it, you know, I feel like it 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 is works and it's accurate and it it's also about things that are true so yeah we're we're first off you know the the you know the major characters are all indigenous and they're all sort of real characters and the and and if you wanted to say the only sort of trope characters are the are the white guys the the loggers and the things are real like the tension you know sort of the um like one of the uh, themes of the piece is 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 really this uh, this tension of the modern world at at odds with the contemporary world and sort of um, you know and we have these and that's really emblematic between these two sisters one who adores uh-uh. the the thought of the ancient Maya and one who affiliates with the the Western world and like I think it's actually really imperative that artists and that's the whole purpose of art is to be able to try to put your you know your your mind through the eyes of another and try to experience the world through their eyes. So there's there's certainly challenges. There's certainly uh, things you need to do to be respectful and to, uh, you know, not to be like, oh, okay, I think uh, I, I know what it's like to be a black kid growing up in the Bronx. So I'm going to like write something that reinforces all these old stereotypes. Like it's, there's, you know, real harm that, that can be done. But to say that uh, artists sort of have to stay in their box of their own particular background, I think you know, is inherently antagonistic to what art is.
0: Yeah, I think what Mayan Crystal reminded me of the most was the Avatar The Last Airbender series. And it's inspired by all these different East Asian cultures, uh, but it was created by two white dudes. And yet within like the Asian American, like within the Asian diaspora, like the show is beloved. Uh, And it's because they did, their research they they worked with asian american asian canadian artists like there's there's this dictum i think it comes from the disability rights movement originally nothing about us without us mm. and i feel like if you if you stick to that you'll
2: be fine yeah and and i think that's i mean it certainly was true in the casting process uh <laughs> you know getting people who are who are the dead ringers like so one little story is the character who plays Ish. so so if you i think you may have. Only heard episode one, um, and we were only playing episode one on the show. Um, but I uh, I've, I listened to the whole. Series, oh, good, 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 good. But, okay, yeah. so we have each the. Uh, I, it's not a spoiler because it's told in the des- meta description. Is that so? And they, it's on the cover art. They, yes, so there is a talking snake, and so well, so the, yeah, so another thing about representation. We're also very sensitive to representation of animals. Um, my my, not you know, it's important to have people accurately depicted. It's also important um, to not you know give people the wrong idea about various animals. Something I was sensitive to. So, anyways, Ish is a boa constrictor who, in the snake, is not a bad guy. The snake is a, is a good guy, and it, it's, a, it's a huge amount of fun actually when you start. To, I mean, it's it's sort of a really sad tale uh, of Ish and how she was, you know, sort of been trapped in the snake form for all these years and has lived a fairly lonely life, but it finally has an opportunity now that magic has awoken early in the the Mayan crystal to help help the good guys in their quest. So the actress, the young Latina actress who played Ish basically like had to skip out early on one of the sessions to go for a TV audition for something and, and she had sort of remarked, you know, like not really with much weight to it, but as she was leaving it, this was like kind of fun because it was the first time that she'd never played like a a victim. Like she said, all the parts she plays are, you know, the, the, the girls that are found in some serial killer's basement or like, you know, Oof. getting murdered on the street by some gang boss or something like that. And you're like, wow, you're like, you're maybe 16 and this is like, this is this is the first role we've been able to give you the, this talking snake who like sort of was in control of her own destiny. So, uh, you know, we we were able to do that. So, and 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 the and the cast really was wonderful. And that was one of the things that was a bit of a learning curve in the project was uh, having you not worked with Gen Z before and and there. I mean, ultimately, their process and my process were not all that different, but it's always, you know, as you're going up to this you know, big recording event, like, oh, however, you know, it's just, you want everything to go smoothly in the studio, and there's a tight recording timeline and all that, and um, it was, you could really sort of see things shine, like they have a really, you know, really dialed in. Um, arrangements, um, and, and the way they record is very efficient. They've been, you know, absolutely stellar engineer they use and a great facility and, 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 and just incredible talent, you know, and they are, you know, being close to New York that does, that is one of the, one of the advantages you can see is that you, you have that, uh, really deep well of, yeah, you know, young adult. Uh, talent um, Mm -hmm. across many ethnicities like that is that is what makes you know New York you know so wonderful is is it it sort of has everything the world has to offer in one spot sure how old is your ideal audience for the Mayan crystal I I think they've been saying you know anywhere like between seven and twelve I mean Mm -hmm. um Hey, that's that. That is, as someone who's you know predominantly written you know horror and sort of the cleanses you know P- may you know PG thirteen, you know that that was one of the more challenging things to figure out what level to write at. Um and and you know luckily that was again where Gen Z really has uh, wonderful expertise. as they've done you know they've they've not only have they done a couple shows have done well but they've also now they've learned from those shows and they have a few others in development where they've yeah, uh, just really you know gotten a feel for sort of the right notes to hit and so sure. yeah I mean so I played this I wasn't I was thinking this might be a little bit too old or too scary for my five year old but she loved it and that that was actually really cool we listened to it in the car and she like actually followed the story it was like her first like true experience with a work of audio fiction and I was just like yay I've made another convert I'm young yeah but yeah, and, and on the other hand, there's a lot of people, like even, um, you know, people in my family who aren't into horror, who want to enjoy the work that I've done, who who have listened to this and enjoyed it. So I, I think it's intended to be one of those stories that really is is universal. Like anyone who's into myths and folktale should enjoy it. and And, you know, the subject matter, you know, there's some dark things in it.
0: Yeah, there's like death, deforestation, colonialism.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the subtext, you know, the villain is basically the, the, you know, cultural appropriation slash colonialism, right? He is a, the villain is a ghost of a conquistador whose goal is to take the power of the Maya and use it to control the world. I mean, that's, that, it's somewhat on the nose. So that's all in there, but it's also, you can also just, you know enjoy the talking snakes and <laughs> and enjoy it on that level too
0: sure but with that like the story doesn't try to hide its anti-colonial politics like how and the people of litter parrot want the loggers out of the forest and then you have specter as this ancient conquistador what 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 lessons are you hoping to impart here
2: well, I mean, the story is about, um, you know, finding yourself and, and I'd think, you know, and this is, again, to be somewhat bold, but this is, a, this is a story about finding, you know, your own culture and using that to give you strength. And, and, and really, it's a celebration of the power of storytelling and using that to, you know, give you the power to overcome adversity. That's what's sort of at its heart. And I think that's, that's true for all peoples and all cultural backgrounds is that and and that's and yeah and that and as you get into i mean the other you know uh kick as it were uh i mean i've just been diving and diving into the whole afrofuturism scene now Uh um you know oh how's that course going it's amazing it's amazing and and i really have uh robin miles to thank uh she's splendid splendid uh audiobook narrator and actress we worked with her through projects that Bill and I did the first that I worked with her personally was on lock and key and that's what got me into sort of following her on Facebook and seeing her her books but she I mean so as a you know really exceptionally talented actress of color tends to get all the book, all the really, well, in my opinion, all the really cool titles like people like Nalo Hopkinson, Tananarive Du, who's the one who's actually uh, teaching this course along with her husband Steve Barnes. Uh, you got N.K. Jemisin in there, uh, E.B. Zaboy. Uh, you got the Binti series by Nnedi Okorafor. Just uh, kind of like all the names that are names in the modern Afrofuturism scene. And uh, so, as you start to listen to these titles, uh, you you get to hear, uh, well, you sort of dig into the, the subtext. So, the other thing about the course is that they have interviews with a lot of the creators. So, uh, you know, stuff that uh, you know is beneath the surface. They do a really good job of helping you know bring that theme of you know, sort of knowing your ancestors allows you to understand yourself and uh, gives you power to invent your future. That's a very powerful theme. I'm. I'm reminded of a piece you played on Radio
0: Drama Revival uh, last year, which was uh, ZBS's Secret of the Crystal Maidens, which also takes place in Belize. Yes. Are you, like Tom Lopez, using audio drama as an excuse to take the world's greatest vacations?
2: I wouldn't deny that, nor would I be offended by anyone Find, thinking that I might be inspired by Tom's adventures in life, his mystical his mystical journey, as it were.
0: Fred, thank you so much for coming to visit. You know, I I feel like I feel like it's weird. Like like this is your house. You know, I am kind of house sitting in this show for you in a way. So it's 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 hard for me to say like welcome back. Like it's so good to have you here because it's really me welcoming myself. I've drunk all your beer, Fred.
2: Well, you replaced it with scotch. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the, so if you are enchanted with what you've heard today, the Mayan Crystal is available in sort of all the um, usual suspects. We have a website at themayancrystal.com, which has uh, a couple pages of uh, your bonus material, um, a little bit of the behind the scenes, as well as uh, some of the research on you know various characters in the mayan crystal that appear in it and sort of what their their inspirations in real mayan folklore might be and then if you wanted to stay in the listening mode um you know just find it on your uh podcast player of choice
0: you are obviously welcome to return to your place whenever you see fit when have you got something cool all right we'll be back thank you david peace what mythic cultures are underrepresented in fantasy What stories would you like to see told in audio drama? For inspiration, you can listen to Spirits, a podcast that endeavors to cover pretty much every culture under the sun. But if you already have an idea, hit us up on that inner blab. We're at Radiodrama on Twitter. And if you like what you heard today, support the Mayan Crystal by subscribing, rating, and reviewing their podcast, and check out other Gen Z stories at bestrobotever.com. And now it's time for some credits. Our theme music is Danger Digi-Do by DJ Stranger Danger. You can find his music on SoundCloud. Our line producer is Matthew Boudreau. Our interviews producer is Eli McElveen. Heather Cohen and Monique Boudreau are our researchers. And our executive producer is Fred Greenhalge. I'm your host, David Reinstrom, and this has been Radio Drama Revival. All storytellers welcome. What is, what does armadillo taste like?
2: Pork. Oh, okay.